Do you feel the Celtics have the edge in Game 7? I mean, I, you would have to say the Raptors have the edge coming off of Game 6. I feel like... Oh, we're getting right into it. So it's 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 a lot like when Miami beat the Spurs in Game 6 on that last second shot. You know, it's so... It looked like the Spurs had it. And then in a second, it's gone. You know, and then you're in overtime. And then, damn, we're up five with, you know, however many 25 seconds left. Now we're fighting in a game seven. Similar to the game yesterday. Boston, in control of the game most most of the game, would you say? Yeah. And, uh, you know, they have it in the fourth. They're in control, really, in the fourth. That Then that Nick Nurse play, which we'll talk about in a sec. That happens. And, you know, I think, yeah, it was the fourth where we had the drive with Kemba to the rack. No foul called, which, whatever, that happens. And, you know, now we're in overtime. Then we're up in overtime. Then it gets to a double overtime situation. Uh, And I think that one was the one with the jump ball situation at the end of the first overtime. Is that correct? Yes. Yes. Where we try to call. So, few controversial plays, whatever. But then you get to a double overtime and it's nip and tuck. And you had that great stretch with about, I think, two minutes to a minute and a half left in the game where they're just trading baskets, trading threes, going back and forth. Like, that was a great game. That was a heavyweight fight of a game. That was best game of the pl- best game of the bubble. Um, Absolutely. That was, it's going to be a, especially if this game seven especially if that one's a classic game this is going to be a forever classic game yeah this is an instant classic for sure Kyle Lowry was phenomenal I felt down I felt in one hand down the stretch I felt like he was almost deferring too much because he was the only person on their team that was rolling Uh until Norman Powell decided to do whatever he wanted to do for some odd reason minus the game winner yeah yeah, and then, but I felt, sometimes I felt he was almost deferring too much, but then I also had to realize that he ended up playing 55 minutes, so it's like he was probably tired. Yeah, I felt like he was the energizer. Like, I felt like as the game grew on, oh, in he, that, got more, he got more energetic. Like, he huh. was, they're, they're tough to beat. Look, whoever wins this series, does I think is the Eastern Conference champion, honestly, because... I, don't know. I mean, yeah. look, I'll say this, just facing Toronto, it is hard to get a shot off on them. It is hard, just as hard as it is for Toronto to get a shot off on us. Same way it'll be when they touch Miami. Not quite. Not quite. Facing Miami, Miami this year is not the same as facing Toronto, where it just feels like a, a slugfest every night out there. Like Defensively, it, they are just as good as Toronto or Boston. For sure, they might be, as like statistically, whatever. I'm just saying, as far as facing them... It's not the Raptors are a true pro. Like they're just so physical every time down the floor. Like you, nothing is nothing easy against the Raptors. Nothing easy against the Heat either. But man, I I can't imagine two better defenses than the one we're seeing between the Raptors and the Celtics. But you know, given the Raptors win, to answer your original question, coming off last night, you give the Raptors an edge. I think the Celtics are the more talented team. I'm actually pretty confident. I was fucking dejected last night after the game. Uh, I remember I came down here to use the bathroom, and I told you I hadn't even watched any of the Clippers-Nuggets game because I was just, like, scrolling through my phone, scrolling through Twitter, like, talking about the game to people, just like, what the fuck just happened? You know what I mean? And watching the highlights, and 
because there was. There was so many controversial moments as what happens in a lot of these classic close playoff games. Uh, what do you think of the Nick Nick Nurse play? Um, well, at first I didn't notice Nick Nurse was there. Until I had the no idea in real time. And Joe and I were down here watching the game, and we laughed for like five minutes because it looked like Jason Tatum absolutely just had no idea of what was going on. Yeah, when I saw, it, I was like, "That's uncharacteristic of and Tatum." Then saw Nick Nurse, and as as obviously it's not. It's not legal for him to be there at the same time. In the dead corner. Have you you ever seen anything like that? Not really. It's kind of odd. It was odd. It was weird. It's a weird situation. But at the same time, I I mean, I get get it as a basketball player because you're not really looking because you're focused on what's in front of you, but you see someone in your your peripheral. peripheral. Yeah. But at the same time, it happens. Mistakes happen. And obviously, it was a... You're not going to get called for it. It's a smart play on Nick Nurse's part. I think that's terrible. I can't say it's a smart play when, I mean, he should have been teed up to some degree. I've never seen anything like that. I've seen coaches on the court as far as maybe like out of the coach's box. It would have been more controversial if they teed him up. I mean, he should have been. You can't be, he was on the court in the court. I've never seen anything like that. I haven't, I haven't. I I mean, the only thing that it's reminiscent of is kind of when, and twice I saw it today too in 2013 when Mike Tomlin on a Jacoby. <laughs> that was funny. I remember yeah, watching when that he live. Was, when he was like a when defender, st- and yeah, that was kind of what it reminded me of is pretty much he stopped Jacoby from getting a touchdown. And I'm not saying that's the reason why the Celtics lost because the Raptors won. They that was that was a game of survival. That was a heavyweight fight, like straight up. That was. I, I don't know what the. Last best game was since this, like as far as playoff games, but man, this one's up there for sure. Game of the decade, <laughs> early decade. Yeah, yeah, for sure. That game, that game was very, very good, and I'm I'm leaning the Raptors in Game Seven. It all depends to me. It depends on Pascal Siakam if he wants to show up. If he shows up, I think the Raptors win. For me, I think Kemba if he plays well. I think that's all the difference because Kemba ended the game with five points, I believe. Yeah. Kemba was terrible. I mean, he was aggressive and he was pretty good on defense even. Look at Deshaun scramble. But that's Kemba's second really quiet game of the series. And they've been boxed. They boxed and won him and they tried to just basically take him out of the game and Mm they have done a great job of doing so. There's a lot of Celtics fans who were upset with the refs last night, which reasonably so. With the no call on Kemba, which in the two minute report came out and said, yeah, they should should have been a foul call, which we saw. I've never cared about the two minute report. I mean, like obviously, like it's cool that they're coming back and they're like, oh, we messed up. Yeah, I don't understand makes, why they do it. I've, I mean, I've never cared to even read it or whatever because yeah, you messed up on a call, but it makes zero difference in the game now. It's whatever. Yeah, I've never understood it. I truly think this is a topic for another day, but I truly think the NBA has a problem with the referees. But that's for another day. But no foul, no foul call on Kemba. Then, as I said, at the end of the next overtime, there's a jump ball that the ref awards. Same time. Or was this the same play? Was it the same play that I'm thinking of with the Kemba? Um, I believe... I believe so. I'm not 100% sure because I know I Kemba went up. Kemba went up, obviously got hit, and then there was the... 
Yeah, I think it was. It was all roller coaster. I think it was. I think it was the same play because they got the rebound call for the timeout. And And so yeah, it shows the first ref awarding the jump ball clearly before the timeout. The timeouts are really being called simultaneously as two people are grabbing it. So refs awarded Raptors timeout. Then we go. Then as I mentioned, the Nick Nurse play. Regardless of all that, it is a Raptors win. And here's what the turning point for me was in the second overtime. We doubled down on, I forget who, Norman Powell hits a three at the top of the key or in the corner. Well, Fred, yeah, Fred Van Vliet came around and then Fred Van Vliet was driving baseline. Oh, and that's dro- he passed it to Norman Powell in the corner. He, Norman Powell tied it up after Marcus Smart hit that three. I think this was after that, though. I think there was another three Powell hit. And then we came back down very next. Or Raptors came back down there next time. Mm-hmm. We doubled, believe Lowry and left Anobi wide open. We gave up back to back threes. Oh yeah, because yeah, they doubled Lowry off of the screen and behind the back pass, and then Anobi hit one. And yeah, it's each, top of the key. Each one of those situations where you know you play basketball, where you'd just rather give up. If they're going to score, you give up a two, not a three, and let them mm-hmm. go up one. Both of those situations to me that was way more important than any of the missed calls. Especially in a game that lasts that long, and especially in a game where we're all even and we're just playing each is best five against your best five, and we're going forty-eight to as you said, fifty minutes for Kyle Lowry and yeah, crew. He uh, Kyle Lowry was amazing around down the stretch. He was doing Lowry was incredible. Marcus Smart was incredible. Triple double. Jalen Brown was to me, aside from Lowry, the best player of that game. Uh, he was just a dog. Thirty-one and sixteen. He was after it from the jump. Tatum had a pretty good game, hit some big shots down the stretch. He looks tired to me as a series. I don't know if he's hurt or if he's just young. I like I don't know what it is, but he look he doesn't look himself. Still hitting shots, but not playing as fast as I'd like to see Tatum play. He has a lot of a lot of response. I mean, not that this is just an excuse, but he does have a lot of responsibility because he's been seeing a lot of Siakam. I mm-hmm. mean, Smart has too, but he's been bringing the energy, but. He's been the number one scoring option, plus also seeing their number one scoring option. So that definitely takes a toll on your body. And when you're not quite used to that yet, you may get more tired, even even the, given the age of you being mm-hmm. very young. But that being said, I love the Celtics body language coming off the floor last night. Love everything I've heard in the post game comments. Looking forward to the next game. Everything's positive. They're not making any excuses. Compare that to the Rockets, who for the most of this last Game five right here that we just watched. The Lakers won by 10. Yes. Um, 110-100, I believe. Most of that game looked like your typical James Harden checks out in the playoffs game. Mm-hmm. Is that the vibe you got as well? Like, just he didn't want to be there type thing? It, the Yes, and it felt, because obviously he's, regardless of him, Mike D'Antoni being the coach, it starts with James Harden when it comes to obviously on the floor. So it felt as if... The Rockets didn't want to be there. Like, to start off, and then it kind of turned into, obviously, the Rockets march back and gain their... Not that they lost heart, but it just felt as if the Lakers just had complete control and just did what they wanted to do for 40 minutes. Yeah, it felt like Harden quit from the jump. Felt... There's even times, like, he'd catch the ball, dribble, and he was... Already, like, mishandling. I saw him do that, like, three or four times, which is rare for one of the best ball handlers in the league, right? Yeah. And, yeah, just from the jump, didn't look like he had it. And you said you switched it off when they were down 21 yeah. with seven minutes left. And even at the beginning of the fourth, 
to about that point. The only one who was really getting after it for the Rockets seemed to be like Russell Westbrook. And he was, and that's the thing. Usually there's that no one there to really like up it when James Harden's doing that. And it worked for them tonight for that last stretch. Westbrook was, even when the other three or four players on the floor weren't doing anything, he would just kind of do his own little press and he'd catch the Lakers sleeping here and there. And it got him back into it, but it was too little too late. Uh, Stan Van Gunny made a good point. They, the Rockets play the Lakers like they're a great three-point shooting team when they're the worst three-point shooting team in the playoffs. Like, they're playing to the Lakers' strength and giving LeBron a lot of just free... You saw tonight, a lot of free layups to the basket. They uh, Rondo had one in particular where he was... That, that was actually the last play that I saw. Where the, the they swung around, and then Rondo had the ball. He faked it to the he corner, and then... the legs dunk there I was going to say, he faked to. it. Like, if Zion has that exact... That he's doing a hoop mixtape <laughs> style dunk. Like, that's exactly what's happening. And I was... After that, and the Rockets just looked kind of defeated, I was like, okay. All right, I'm watching this Kansas City Chiefs-Texans game. First day of football. I'm going to get to that. And then got an update that the Rockets were down eight with two minutes left, and I was kind of shocked. I'm obviously no Lakers fan. Being a Celtics fan, Lakers have Rajon Rondo, mm-hmm. and we see, and I've seen throughout his career, playoff Rondo in full effect. Mm-hmm. A Rondo looks about fifteen pounds heavier, like he looks as bulked up as I've ever seen him. You notice that? Yes. Yeah, it's crazy still, how big still, he looks. Still, still smaller, obviously, because it's Rondo, but he does look bigger. Yeah, he's got. Like, he looks like he body with James Harden. Like, that's what his chest looks like right now. Pause. But, where was I going with this? Oh, end of the game. Did you see what happened? Uh, no. Not not 100%, no. Lakers were up, I believe, eight at this point. No. They get a little breakaway. Rondo has nobody in front of him. Nobody in front of him. He All he has to do is lay it up. Throws it off the glass to LeBron in traffic. And LeBron dunks it pretty much on Westbrook and uh, Eric Gordon. <laughs> It was it was it. typical Rondo. I love Rajon Rondo. Miss Rajon Rondo. Feels weird to have him on the Lakers, but it's he's he's a one of one. I could do a whole probably like fifteen minute rant on Rajon Rondo. So before before when we were doing our playoff predictions, you had the Lakers losing to the Rockets. Mm-hmm. Have you been impressed with the Lakers? I've been more, imp- yeah, I've been impressed with their defense. Their defense, I think I mentioned in the last series, if it's a close, slow game, it benefits the Lakers. Or if the Lakers are up 15 on you, yeah, even against a three-point shooting team, they got such size to where they can bother teams with like Danny Green and Caldwell Pope. Like then that defense does become a little more effective. You know what I mean? Yeah. No. And having them on the court does become more effective. Because then all you got to do is when you're up 12, 15, you only got to hit one or two threes every time mm-hmm. down. You only got to hit every time down. Um, so, yeah, that at the end of games, they'll be hard to score on. But if the games are close, you know, I think that kind of benefits the Rockets in a way at the end of games with who they have on the floor, just having more scoring options. Um, but I was mentioning to you before the podcast, before we got on, the Rockets didn't look like the team who was quitting earlier that game coming off the floor. Yeah. So I think they have a chance in game six, or game five. 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 Yeah. 
the fuck? I always, why do I always think two one? I don't know. I don't know. F- but, game five. Yeah. Um, but yeah, they have a chance at game five for sure. Especially when you, you shoot the threes at the rate they do. Especially if James Harden decides to, you know, dribble, shoot, score a pat, like all of that, you know. Yeah. Before the last three minutes of the game. Yeah. Because um, even Westbrook was hitting threes at the end. They're leaving him wide open, so we should hit him. Um, but yeah, they they started to actually play defense at the end. Stuff like you're like, why weren't you doing this the first forty five minutes of the game? But it's both of the the Lakers and Clippers series both feel like they're gonna end in five to me. There's a better chance for the Rockets to bring it to six than the Nuggets, in my opinion. But I both of them feel like they're in five, and obviously they were just destined to play each other in the conference finals. I sort I feel like the Rockets go more in them. The Nuggets last night they were complaining. The whole fourth quarter, especially Jokic. Um, and you saw Michael Porter Jr. with his comments today about how he's not getting the ball enough. Um, well, I, I don't disagree with him. He, chef, he had 15 in the first half. He was he was the only player other than Jokic rolling. Jamal Murray has been rendered useless. True. I don't know if you throw your coach no, and I don't, teammates I don't, under the bus like that. I don't, dis- I don't think that's how he should have gone about it. I just don't disagree with what he said. And that's where I, that's all. That's where I think the difference is with them compared to the Rockets and the Celtics is it's all about mindset at the end of the day. And the Rockets don't look like they're quitting just yet. Uh, if they get, if they're hitting their threes, that's a ball game. So I think we'll see a better effort. Again, it really lies with James Harden because you saw the effect it took on him today where they did come out lethargic because he also did. I remember one play. I don't know if you noticed this before you switch it off. Harden had like a semi-open layup, dished it to PJ Tucker. PJ Tucker kind of looked at him like he was surprised he got the ball and like, just kind of threw up a hook shot and he missed. No, I didn't see that actually. The typical, like you've seen these games that Harden gets in when it's like a closeout must win game. He'll just, he'll do shit like that. Like it's, he's not even on the floor. He had that one game years ago against the Warriors where he had like 15 turnovers, right? Yeah, Spurs. Was it? I, I remember, I thought there was one I that think, was game I, one. He possibly could have. Oh, I think I actually know which one you're talking one about. Where they but, swept but there was one game six against the Spurs when the Spurs sat. Oh, yeah. Like and a he, full, he played like 12 turnovers. And that he was laid the, egg. The, I think that was the worst game he's ever played in his life. That was the game after a man who uh, blocked him at the buzzer. I yeah. That, yeah. He, he played terrible then. He went 2 of 11 today, I believe. It just wasn't got to the line, but yeah, it was saying he's always going to get to the line regardless of whatever. But he just, I don't know if if Harden's not playing at an A plus level, I don't see the Rockets winning because they got they got a B, got a B B probably a B effort or B level game from LeBron today, and they still lost. I don't think LeBron's having another sixteen point game. Has to be said though. Missing one of their primary defenders, Daniel House, for very mysterious reasons. Have you heard about this? Well, yeah, he had one of the co- one of the t- COVID tester women over into Allegedly. his room or something like that. Yeah. Have you read about it though? I have not fully read on it. I've kind of just seen some of the updates I've gotten on it. So he hasn't officially been suspended. The Rockets haven't heard anything from the league about what's actually going on, like what his status was. So he's never yeah. been officially suspended. NBA is keeping him out. Shamsharia. I believe that's how you pronounce his name. Has a report where they don't even have proof that anything happened. Yet they're holding him out. How do you feel about that? It's um, 
it sucks because I mean, obviously in the end, I don't think it makes all that much of a difference, but you clearly never know. So changing the outcome of a series without yeah, how you an feel outcome, about the situation in general, like the NBA not uh, having a reason. I was getting into that. Oh, my fault, my fault. But I was saying having not having an outside reason, I think is just dumb because your base, the NBA is pretty much taking away the Rockets' chances. No, basically taking less so that they have less chance to win the series because of it. And I think it's dumb that the NBA would do that because obviously you're innocent until proven guilty. So why take him off? Why basically make him guilty until proven innocent? And there was also some connection with Tyson Chandler. But then I noticed Tyson Chandler was on the bench tonight because he was also apparently held out of the last game, I believe. So it's all, you know, usually you hear the full report by now in the NBA because this all started about 24 hours ago. Yeah. And yeah, nothing happened. So he's been missing the last two games. Right? Yes. Yeah. Yeah, he's been the last two. So that's that's a big deal to be, you know, one of your top five. He's in their starting five. And he's playing three different positions. Well, they only go seven anyway, so really it makes them so they have to go deeper into their bench. Yeah, because they've actually, he's been playing surprisingly seven or eight more often than he would. Yeah. D'Antoni. But yeah, Daniel House, a versatile defender. He's come along a, a long way this whole season, especially playing up a position or two at times. So if he can make it back for game five, that's obviously a difference, but. I have Lakers personally. I have Lakers game five where we can talk about the Clippers series for a moment. I think the Clippers are starting to round themselves into form, at least defensively. They they are scary on defense. Offensively. I don't Lou Williams has been shooting 9% from three over his last six games. I don't think that's going to continue, but he needs to get out of whatever bubble slump he's been in. Playoff P is still playing. He still has pretty well. He's playing. 10 points, last game, 10 points. I'm just like, off defensively, he's been playing great. Has nothing to do with defense. It's all been offense. Kawhi's doing whatever he wants in the offense. Kawhi, Kawhi, Kawhi Leonard's the reason why they're winning games offensively because he's been the only consistent force for the Clippers, and he's been playing arguably the best basketball in the playoffs. Absolutely, especially these last six where at, you know he's above 30 points. His playmaking... Now is on another level. Uh, he's consistently sitting passes where you're like, damn, that's Kawhi Leonard doing that. You know what yeah, I mean? No, he's def- definitely 100%, 100% Kawhi Leonard has even felt like he's elevated his game even more than it already was. Him and Paul George look like Scottie Pippen and Scottie Pippen out there on defense. <laughs> yeah, they, they're playing great defense. It's going to be... I'm very, very excited for the conference finals of Lakers Clippers. It's going to be phenomenal. I can't wait. I cannot wait. And yeah. Um also I can't even express how how excited I am to finally do fantasy football, fan duel. I've have somewhat of a gambling problem. I've been waiting and waiting and waiting for this NFL season to start and it has game right now is 24 to 7 Deshaun Watson just threw an interception I was actually also shocked because I didn't know that there were going to be fans Mm -hmm. and they have them 17,000 fans in the so it's nice to have actual fans be there and actually in attendance so you feel some sort of a crowd and some sort of everything in basketball, you don't need it as much because 
I don't, I don't feel like you need it as much, but in football, I feel like it's definitely more beneficial, and it's more beneficial to the team because you really feel that home field, court, home field advantage. How'd you feel about the crowd booing the pregame yeah, I, moment of unity? I thought that was very odd. I because when I saw like because Joe was cutting my hair and I was kind of looking down for a moment, and I looked up and saw him booing, and I saw the arms locked of Mahomes and Deshaun. And mm-hmm. I was quite, I didn't understand it. I thought it was, I just don't understand what the purpose was to boo. I under, I know they're probably booing because of the fact of everything going on and how people feel about it. But I just, I thought it was, I thought it was stupid personally. Yeah. Uh, it was ignorance at its finest really is what it was. Uh, you got a moment of positivity there and you know, then you have, the gist is loud if you pay attention to it, negativity there. So it was it was unfortunate, but shout out to the NFL for doing what they do, I guess, finally stay, taking some sort of stand. Um, what have you seen in the first half of this game, though? Um, I haven't paid attention to any third. We're actually in the fourth. Yes, so, I have seen shades of good from a little bit, even though the Texans only have seven. David Johnson looked like he's kind of returning to form of what he was two years ago. So he's looking he better after that. trade. He say, he's looking good. Also, <laughs> that trade also helps a little bit. I mean, look, I mean, just because they got Brandon Cooks and they got a receiver who's been a thousand yards four out of the last five years, even with three different teams. So can't believe we traded him still. Yeah, I was just saying the New Orleans trade. Him, he's been very, very good. He's a very underrated. He is an underrated. And he's only 26. Very underrated wide receiver, but the Texans look the Texans looks okay. Their defense isn't all that great all over the place. They have some players, but they don't have a unit. Mm-hmm. Chiefs look scary because the Chiefs now with Clyde. <laughs> yeah, I was gonna say. Well, I'm just saying they look yeah, even yeah, yeah. scarier because they with Clyde Edwards Hilaire. He's already over a hundred. They're actually running. They also got. Kalichi Azamelli as well to, mm-hmm. for extra protection on that line. And they had a 16-play drive, which I'm not used to seeing them. If they can... The thing that I've always worried about the Chiefs was they never, at least the last few years, they haven't been able to take long drives. So even when they've been up, it sometimes it feels as if like they have to score quickly to do well and now with if they have a potent running game like this there's nothing you can do with their offense they get if they can if they can just bleed it out and play games where they can actually win a game confidently 24 to 17 if needed and then also they can obviously their track stars so they can go up and <laughs> go get 45 feels like in a quarter they got an 80 yard bomb yeah like they have they have a guy who runs a 4-1 in Tyree kill and then Mikel, Mikel, Mikel Coldman, I can't even speak right now, but Mikel, Mikel Hardman, thank you. They're they just look scary, and their defense is looking kind of how it was at the end of the season, where they're playing well together. Chris Jones making plays, Tyra Matthew making plays, and everybody else kind of just try to do your job. They're looking scary, and our predictions will be coming soon, but they're looking scary. I gotta be honest, I. This is the least I've paid attention to the NFL over a, like for the preseason. Mm-hmm. I did not, I had no confidence that there was actually going to be an NFL season. Now we're here, there's an NFL season. So I got some re- research to do before the weekend for our predictions. I'm looking forward to it. 
Um, I think I'm going to become a Raptors fan just for a night, just so I can be the opposite of you for just a game, just for game seven. I mean, you can, I mean, which I, I mean, I'll probably watch the game alone, <laughs> honestly, because I don't want to, I don't want to impede on anybody's viewing experience. I'm going to be a mess. That's all you need to know. I mean, you know what? If I'm drunk, it won't be that bad. It'll be, it'd be worse if I wasn't. Well, I mean, and I don't even, I'm not even someone who gets nervous or anything like that. But when it comes to Super Bowls, like big playoff games, game sevens like this, then it's just like, you know what I mean? Like when I, it's down the stretch. I pray for your health. I pray for my health. I'm scared. Yeah, like it, it was a fucking emotional roller coaster last night. Like I was, I was exhausted after that game. I felt like I fucking played. <laughs> well, I, I, bo- I, I definitely pray for your health. I also found as a player, I had less emotions than I did like if being on the outside sometimes. Like I felt mm-hmm. like a more calmness when I played than I did do sometimes when I watched something. Oh yeah, no, I, have, I, de- I, have I control, certainly did not con- get that nervous. Yeah. Well, no, I'm just saying because you have control over the situation rather than like having to watch someone else who has control over it. So like, that's all. I've always as like a player, not had as much energy or, or as much nerves inside the game as someone as when I'm watching it and I want someone to do well. That's a fact. Yeah. I mean, sports, sports are fucking stupid. Like I don't see why us as fans do this to ourselves year after year and just like devote this much time out of our year to get our hearts broken or not broken. But you know how it is in the playoffs. Entertainment. For sure. Well, yeah. Entertainment for sure. Obviously. But you know how it is, like when you're in the playoffs and it's your team, and especially with the Patriots, how just how many close ass games they have over the years, like it's excruciating. Yeah. It's more about you feel like you survived more than anything. Like it's not you're happier one, but it's like you're more relieved. I feel like yeah, honestly, it's it's tough. It's it's a grind, <laughs> but you get out of it in the end. For sure, I'm gonna try not to die tomorrow night. Watching this game, um, I'd appreciate it so we can have a podcast on Saturday. That would, yeah, that would be great. Then I can give my NFL predictions. <laughs> so we'll see what type of shape I'm in when we come in here on Saturday. Uh, enjoy the rest of this game. This looks like a blowout, thirty-one to seven. I thought maybe we still will get a Deshaun comeback. Doesn't look like it. No. Um, we'll be back this weekend giving NFL predictions. I've, oh my, I'm not sure if I've ever been more excited for an NFL season. But we'll be back. Warner Brothers, we're out.